0: Up next, C.J. Pearson uncensored, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. You don't own me, you don't control me, but most importantly, you're not gonna silence me. And the most important people fighting that fight today are the people on college campuses who are boldly and loudly conservative. Hi guys, I'm CJ Pearson, and I'm the host of CJ Pearson Uncensored. This is our very first episode, and I couldn't be more excited to be bringing it to you right here today. For the longest time, I wanted to start a podcast. I couldn't find the time. I would make every excuse for it. But now that I'm in college, I've got to tell you, I'm busier than ever, but I feel like there has never been a time now more than before where there has ever been so much to talk about. I have a lot to say. I'm not going to hold back on this show. I want to be really intentional about that. I want to be upfront because I think there are a lot of people in the political space right now who are very worried about being canceled, about being blacklisted, about being told that they are a little bit too edgy, a little bit too controversial, a little bit too truthful. Well, to be honest, I don't really care at all about that. I care about just being real with you guys. I care about speaking truth to power. I care about calling balls and strikes. Because I've witnessed far too many people around me in the conservative movement, in politics in general, in the media at large who don't know how to tell the truth anymore. And I think that's what separates the people that are real in this industry, the people that are real in this business, and the people that are just simply fake. The people who say what the media wants them to say, who says what the left wants them to say because they want to be liked by the left, even though they're conservative. Well, i got to be real with you. I don't really care about being liked by the left. I care about being true to myself, true to our country, and calling it like I see it. And what I am seeing across this country, I'm seeing America burning. I'm seeing radical leftists take to the streets and try to burn down our cities because they're upset still four years after an election that they lost. These people are the biggest sore losers that we've ever seen. They're burning America down. And I don't mean that figuratively anymore. I mean that literally. Because they are upset that the American people rejected Hillary Rodham Glenn. They're trying to cancel you for being conservative. They're attacking conservatives on college campuses. They're doing all of that because they cannot get over something that happened four years ago. And these are the same people that with a straight face tried to tell you and I that President Trump come November 3rd is not going to accept the results of the election. Wouldn't they ever accepted the results of the election? When have they ever? And so, guys, when I tell you I'm here to tell you the truth, I mean I'm going to do that in this episode, and I'm going to do it in every single other episode. Guys, this isn't going to be your typical political podcast, because to be honest, I'm not your typical political podcaster. I'm not recording this with multi-million dollar equipment. Guys, I am chilling in my dorm room at the University of Alabama And probably yelling so loudly that my roommate is a little bit concerned. I'm sorry, Michael. uh, Jack, you too. I'm I'm really sorry about that. But like I said, guys, I've got some things to say. And those things are going to be said here. I'm going to tell you my story about how I came to be in the conservative movement. Guys, I have the unlikeliest journey to conservatism than a lot of people I know. I was born and raised in the Deep South by Democrat grandparents who didn't really agree with anything I had to say. Their politics were diametrically opposed to everything I believed in. I remember when I was first starting out in politics, they were completely unsupportive of it. They questioned me and they were like, how do you have the audacity to criticize the first black president? How do you have the audacity to be conservative? I remember this one time they told me, you know, those people don't like you, right? Because they had grown up in a time where they believed that the color of their skin should dictate their politics. They believed that the only way that a black man was to be was to be liberal, was to be progressive, was to vote Democrat time and again up and down the ballot. And it was really to no fault of their own. And it isn't at all. I really don't blame them for that. Because that is just the way that society has treated the black community. As if we are some chess piece that is owned by the Democrat Party exclusively. That they don't have to earn our vote. They don't have to fight for it. They don't have to give us anything. They just get it because they own it. They deserve it. But ever since I was a little boy, I rejected that idea. I thought it was absolute bullshit that someone believed that they didn't have to do a single thing for me or my community, but they thought they were entitled to my vote. Because I look at the history of this country, I look at the history of America, and I don't see a single thing that Democrats have really ever done for black people. I see a party that has enslaved black people. I see a party that segregated black people. I see a party that fought to treat black people as if we were three-fifths of a human being. And don't let them fool you into believing that these things have just all changed, right, that the party switched, that we had this really big game of musical chairs politically and now the Republicans are the Democrats and the Democrats are the Republicans and now the racists are the Republicans because that's just the way history works. But what they don't teach you in school anymore is that Republicans have always been the freedom fighters. Conservatives have always been the abolitionists. They fought for people's freedom, their liberty, and they also did the same across the board for so many people of so many different colors. But that's the fight we're fighting today in this country. A war on truth. They're not hiding it anymore. They don't like history, and the history that they do like, it's rewritten history. It's rewritten history that doesn't actually have any basis in truth or fact. They say that the Republican Party was built upon racism, but tell me how it was the Democrats that founded the KKK. It was the Democrats that told Rosa Parks that she belonged in the back of the bus. It was the Democrats that fought for Jim Crow laws that tried to prevent black people from voting. You want to talk about voter suppression? Democrats were the architects of voter suppression, but not enough people are saying this anymore, not enough people are talking about it anymore, but I will talk about it here. Because when I say that I'm uncensored, I mean I am uncensored. I am talking about the things that aren't being said because they need to be said now more than ever. I'm tired of people beating behind the bush. I'm tired of people saying that we just need to kumbaya and just believe whatever CNN or the media wants us to believe. No, it's time for us to be bold. It's time for us to be courageous. It's time for us to stand up and fight. And that is what this show will be about. Week after week, that is what this show will be. It's about a call to action. It's about courage. It's about getting in the fight off the sidelines and going in and fighting for this country because it is a country worth fighting for. That's the fight I signed up for. That is why I'm here. Because I realize that there are a lot of things happening in this country that we need to discuss and we need to be blunt about it. We need to be honest about it. And I find myself at a place in time where there are a lot of people who would say that maybe it's easier for you to be a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved, maybe bite your tongue a little bit. Because I'm a conservative on a college campus. And for all the things that liberals say about the glories of safe spaces, I guarantee you there is no safe space on any college campus for a conservative. Unless you're going to Liberty University, Hillsdale, the King's College up in New York City, there really is no safe space for conservatives on any college campus in America. Not even at the University of Alabama. I love it here. I love the people here. I love the enthusiasm that so many people have here for the president. And 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 I will tell you that here at the University of Alabama, probably one of the most conservative public universities in the country. There are so many days where I go out and uh, I'll be walking to class or I'll be walking uh, just around campus and someone will roll down their windows and they'll scream Trump 2020. I'll be at a party and they're like, CJ, thank you so much for what you're doing. I'm really supporting you. When are you going to run for president? And those people are incredible. And, and, and they're so plentiful here. There are so many people here at the University of Alabama who love America and who are tired of the left's attempts to divide this country and to simply sow these seeds of hatred. But then there is a loud minority of people who simply hate the fact that I'm a free thinker. They hate the fact that people actually support this president who has done more for minorities, more for this country, more for the economy than any other president in modern history. And honestly, they can keep hating. They can stay mad because it doesn't matter what they do to me. And guys, there's been some things that have happened to me here. There have been people that have put things on my door who have said F Trump and F you. There have been people who have tried to confront me at parties and say things like, how can you support such a racist? How can you support blah, 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 literally. And that's, a, that's actually a really funny story. The craziest thing, I was at a party just having fun with some friends of mine, this Absolutely insane girl. Insane. Guys, liberal women, you know, uh, stay safe, boys. But like they walk up to me and, and, and she's screaming at me. She's like, why do you support that racist? And I'm like, if he's a racist, then how come How come he's like signing off criminal justice reform? How come he's done all of these things for HBCUs, giving them millions of dollars? How come he appointed Ben Carson to his administration? How come he's done all of these things It has done more for black people than the first black president even did himself. You're calling this man a racist when he has actually done more for black people than the man you get down on your knees to praise, Barack Obama. He's done more for us than you know anything about. But guys, that's what I mean when I say that there's no safe space for conservatives. Okay? Like we, the thing for me, and, and why we don't even need a safe space though, is because liberals need safe spaces because all they have to back up their philosophy, their ideology, is this emotional bullshit, right? It's like, what I believe is right because it makes me feel good. It makes my heart feel warm. But they don't have any facts. They don't have any statistics. They don't have anything that actually really means anything, that actually passes the smell test, right? But when conservatives are talking about the economy, we have decades of economic research that backs up the idea that maybe regulations aren't too good for job creation. When we talk about the second amendment, we have the fact that our founding fathers were very intentional about including that in the constitution because they had had their freedoms and liberties stripped away and replaced by tyranny. So they wanted to make sure that that never happened again in this country. They were intentional. We have history to back us on that. But there are those brave people who see what the left is doing. They say, you're not going to do it to me you don't own me, you don't control me, but most importantly, you're not going to silence me. And the most important people fighting that fight today are the people on college campuses who are boldly and loudly conservative, who realize what they have to lose just by being conservative on their campus. But they still do it because they realize that our country is worth fighting for, that America is the greatest nation in the world, but it didn't just get great. That didn't just happen, but it took work. It took It took people being bold enough, brave enough, courageous enough to stand up and say that I'm going to fight for this country because it has value, it has worth, worth preserving, worth saving, worth worth keeping safe. And those people today, the most important people in this fight, are on our campuses because they are the pipeline to the next generation of people who will lead this country. And they're fighting a lot. They're fighting indoctrination. They're fighting with their professors. They're fighting with these liberal, crazy people on their campuses who want to shut them up and and cancel them and all this stuff. But they do it because they realize that at the end of the day, that America is a cause bigger than themselves. And that's why they're fighting. And guys, I'm inspired by their strength. I'm inspired by their courage. It fuels me because I know that I have it a lot easier than a lot of people in a lot of places Here at Alabama, Roll Tide, I have the luxury of not being surrounded by too many people who are just snowflakes. I have the luxury of not being surrounded by too many people who blindly follow the left. But at the end of the day, not every person on every college campus is as lucky as I. Some people have actually gotten punched in the face as my first guest has, simply for promoting his conservative ideals. But what's interesting about this guest though, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm so excited for you guys to meet him, you'll meet him after the break, is that he got punched in the face, but he kept doing what got him punched in the face. Hayden Williams was on, on the campus of UC Berkeley. He's, he's doing the entire tabling thing. He's handing out literature. He's, he's trying to spread the good word about what conservatism actually is because you don't really get the story about what conservatism actually is on college campuses today. But guys, what I'm telling you, all of this is that this man's courage is unmatchable. You know, he took that experience and he didn't let it allow to push him into the shadows and allow fear to drive him, but he he took it as a call to action to do more. And it was that courage for him that actually got him in front of the president of the United States. And so when I say that conservatives don't need safe spaces, I mean it, because we don't need safe spaces. We need leaders it's leaders like Hayden Williams that are fighting for this country each and every day. And you'll meet him after the break. The man's name is Hayden Williams. Where's Hayden? Where is he? Where is he? Hayden, come up here, please. Come Hi, guys. Welcome back to C.J. Pearson Uncensored. You know, earlier on in the show, I talked about my experiences on my campus here at the University of Alabama being conservative. I talked about that crazy note that was pinned on my door that said, F Donald Trump and F you. But I don't think I've really gone through what our guests today went through. I've never been punched in the face. I've never had anyone hit me because of my politics. And God bless them if they tried. But this guy did. Hayden Williams joins us now. And Hayden, your story is so sickening to me. But I've got to tell you, it's, it's frankly unsurprising. You're punched in the face. Walk us through that day. Sure.
1: So my campus is actually uh, the University of Louisville. And mm. I graduated from there, and I was fortunate to get a job with Leadership Institute, which runs campus reform, and they do work with uh, conservative orgs, and mm. they said that we're going to send you to a state that's not your home state, and you're going to travel around to different colleges and universities and and help them recruit conservatives and and bring in speakers and I was really excited and then they told me that I was going to go to California Berkeley wasn't my campus but it was one of my schools out in California and uh, I traveled to other schools like Santa Cruz and UC Davis and also the California State schools like Sacramento State and others and um, yeah it was a very hostile zone but I've noticed that colleges everywhere you know even in my home state of Kentucky when I was going to Louisville. I noticed a lot of Marxist indoctrination and propaganda on our campus, and I've I've seen it in other places too—not just uh, Berkeley, not just California. So it's kind of like a standard hard left position that most universities have by default. Yeah,
0: and you know, and what's interesting about your experience too is that. As a part of your job, you weren't only at UC Berkeley, but like you said, you were at um, other campuses throughout the state of California, throughout the country. Were there any stories similar to what you encountered at UC Berkeley, or was UC Berkeley kind of alone in the hostility that you faced?
1: I had been attacked a couple times prior to that. I mentioned I'd gone to Santa Cruz. The first time I, gone, I went there to table with their college Republicans, I got doused with a water bottle. I had a teaching assistant rip my American flag off my table and throw it on the ground. And then at UCLA, I got attacked uh, with their college Republicans at a speaking event, you know, uh, and and Slightly Offensive. They had an event at UCLA uh, at the beginning of last year, about a month before that incident at Berkeley. And um, they disrupted the event. They came in and threw stink bombs and were yelling. On their way out, they had attacked me and uh, and another person who was working for the College Republicans. And so, no, it, it was not the first time, but it, it was definitely, I guess, when they say third time's a charm. I don't think it'll be the last time, unfortunately. This isn't going to go anywhere. And, and the left is only getting more and more emboldened as, as time goes on. So I think we're going we're gonna to see more of this. And this sort of conversation is only going to become more relevant.
0: No, you're completely right. And, and but what really irks me the most is, is what you talked about when you just said, it wasn't the first time and it probably won't be the last time. Like how sad and what an indictment upon our society that is, is that we live in a world now where the left genuinely believes that if you don't believe what they believe, that they have the right to attack you, throw water at you, rip down your posters, throw things at you, and do whatever they want because you hurt their feelings, because you invaded their safe space, because you confronted them with facts that they've never before heard. Because they believe that they are entitled to their own version of the truth. And, and so it's, it's the craziest thing because they call us bigots. They call us intolerant. They call us hateful. But last time I checked, it's not Trump supporters going out and punching socialists in the face. It's not Republicans going out and punching Bernie bros in the face or throwing water at them, but it's liberals. It's not Republicans going out and punching Bernie bros in the face or throwing water at them, but it's liberals. It's, it's these people on these college campuses who believe that you are not entitled to having your own opinion. I think that a lot of that violence has actually led to um, the pervasiveness of indoctrination on college campuses. There's actually some really interesting statistics that actually say that the gap, ideologically, when students are just starting out in, in college, isn't actually that deep. You're looking at, according to the UCLA Higher Education Research Institute, 35.5% of college freshmen in the fall of 2016 align themselves with liberal ideology, but 22% consider themselves conservative. And the rest We're nonpartisans. And so what that tells me is that actually there are a lot of conservative students like you and I on college campuses across the country. But what makes them silent, what makes them scared to vocalize their opinion is that they are scared of being punched in the face like you, Hayden. They're scared of having shit put on their door like I had, you know, And, and it's the craziest thing. And that should not be the reality that conservative students face on college campuses today And and so kind of tell me what's your advice to conservatives who are struggling to find their voice on their campus as someone who's been punched in the face, but continues to do the work that you're doing each and every day. What's your message to them?
1: Stand for something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And uh, that's that's really what it comes down to is you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. You know, they say free speech has its consequences. You know, I don't agree with that necessarily, but. The fact is, it's true. And that if you become an outspoken activist, a conservative activist, a Christian activist, you are going to be if you join a club, even you're going to be labeled, you're going to be mistreated, you're going to be disrespected, you're going to be maligned by your administrators, probably your professors, and they will try to make an example out of you to the rest of the student body. So you're gonna, you're gonna be oppressed, literally, in your university setting, and most people are just trying to make friends and and go to parties and, and all this, I get it, and, and make good grades. But uh, we're being robbed of a well-rounded education by being pressured to acquiesce to, to this basically totalitarian ideological agenda, and I, I think people don't realize – that yes obviously the risk is is real and the threat is credible i know but you don't know what the reward will be if i had said you know what thanks but no thanks i'd rather not go to california to do republican work i'll do something else then i wouldn't have realized you know going on stage with trump getting offered this awesome scholarship by pepperdine after that and it was all because i took the risk i was willing to stand up for everything even if it meant Getting attacked, or whether it's literally or psychologically, I didn't care. I was willing to do that, and I think more people need to be that way. They need to not care uh, so much about what people are going to call you, about what people are going to think of you if they if they find out your politics. Because at the end of the day, if you change, or even if you just censor yourself, then what you're doing is you're letting your values be shaped by someone else. You're 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 silencing yourself, and then other people who, like you said, might agree with you, half of the student body might agree with you, but they're afraid too, because they don't want to be maligned. They don't want, I mean, your grades are held hostage, first of all, and at 90% of the professors donate to the democratic party. So if you don't say what they want you to say, you know, you may or may not have to pay the penalty when, when you get your report card.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's scary for a lot of students, especially students who have ambitions, Past college, you know, their grades very well do matter. And it's again, goes to the bigotry that if you don't agree with them, they want to hurt your grade. They want to cancel you. They want to get you kicked out of whatever club or organization you're in. They want to ruin your livelihood. Like that is what we're tackling today. Um, and I will be honest with you, I'll be upfront. There is good reason for a lot of conservative students to be silent um, on campuses today. It is a scary world. But when I look around at what's happening in this country, I also have to say that we can't afford to be silent. You know, we're looking at the left openly try to undermine the values and ideals upon which this country was built. You're talking about Marxism. They are openly touting it now. They used to talk about it. They used to be hush-hush. They used to beep around the bush when it came to it. But now they're openly talking about promoting Marxism. You know, And, and it's not even just that. It's about defunding the police. It's about opening the borders. It's about... The most radical ideals that their party has shied from publicly embracing, they are now just saying, it doesn't matter anymore. This is who I am. This is me. Deal with it. And I've got to say that our founding fathers fought far too hard for this country for us to just give up on it. Our country is far too great, far too exceptional for us to just let that greatness wash away. And so, Hayden, when I, when I tell you, when I hear stories like you, and I, I draw strength from them, and I draw inspiration from them, and I know that our listeners are as well, I've got to say the courage that you possess is courage that we all need in times like this, Um, especially as we approach the election and and the days that, that will follow it, because we live in a nation worth fighting for. What I hope our listeners take away from your story is that there will be cost to being conservative. There will be cost to being an open and vocal one for sure. But what you get to say is that you fought for your country in a very real way, regardless of those costs. And I think that makes the sacrifice all the more worth it. Before we actually wrap up, I want to bring this up because I think it's actually really cool. You were at CPAC shortly can get you. The president of the United States now knows your name. And I think it could very well be we argued that you inspire that executive order that actually requires colleges and universities to protect free speech, to protect diversity of thought. They're not concerned about diversity of opinion. They love diversity of everything else, gender, race, sexuality, whatever. But when it comes to someone actually disagreeing with them, they seem to take issue with that. And so I've got to tell you, you know, I I can't imagine what it might have been like when that entire situation started with you on that campus that day. But I think looking at where you are now, looking at what happened at CPAC, I think that you and many other people who... Have seen the work that you've done are like we're so incredibly amazed by it because it took courage to to stay with it. Hayden, again, thank you so much for joining us uh, and for taking time out of your day.
1: Hey, thank you, and I want to leave you with uh, a Kanye reference. And it's what what is it? <laughs> the, your light shines brightest in the dark. So you're you know you're in this place and it's dark. It's it's just darkness everywhere. Left wing communists have taken over the whole campus and. You, you be the voice that stands up against it and speaks the truth and, and it will be heard louder than, than everything else because uh, there's, there's very little of that going on. Definitely. Hayden Williams, everybody. Thank you so much.
0: So guys, today, you heard a little bit about my story. You heard about the issues I've had here on campus as a young conservative, the parties and the uh, incidents with things being put on my door, or people just walking up to me at restaurants and telling me that they simply just don't like me. But you've also heard the story of Hayden Williams. You heard the story of a young man who was simply speaking his truth on a college campus like UC Berkeley, who was simply tailing, tabling with his college Republicans group and got punched in the face because of it, who's had water thrown at him, because of other things he's done on campuses across the country, simply because he has the audacity to be conservative. Now, to most people, that would be reason for our resolve to be shaken. That would be reason for us to simply shut up, sit down, and never utter a single conservative thing ever again. Now, that would be easy. That would make sense. That would be the most comfortable thing to do. But it's not the right thing to do. And oftentimes, the right thing to do isn't the easiest thing to do. And oftentimes, the right thing to do is right because it is hard. And I've got to tell you, there is nothing harder today, probably, than being a young conservative on a college campus. You have people actively, every single day, trying to cancel you, trying to shut you up. They want you to believe that all white men are evil. They want you to believe that all conservatives are racist. They want you to believe that all black people are disadvantaged, that we can't stand up for ourselves that we can't speak up, that we can't make it in America. Well, those things just really aren't true. Those things aren't matters of fact. They're opinions. And you, just like them, have the right to your opinion. You have the right to be conservative. You have the right to speak your truth as boldly as you please. You have the right to table on your college campus without being punched in the face or having water thrown at you. You have the right to simply be you. It doesn't matter what those bigots have to say. It doesn't matter how intolerant they want to be. It doesn't matter how much they try to bully you, intimidate you, or shut you down. You have the right to be you. But you also have to make a choice. The choice of whether or not you choose to use that right or the choice to surrender it. But my question to you is why would you surrender it? Remember all the people that have died fighting for this country just so that you could have that right just so that you could be you unapologetically to speak your truth, express your political opinions without any regard for who might want to shut you down simply because you hurt their feelings. You made them sad. You gave them an ounce of truth they weren't comfortable hearing. Well, guess what, guys? The truth doesn't give a damn about how comfortable you feel when you hear it. It matters about how it's expressed and if it is. Guys, I'm tired of silencing myself simply because people are scared to speak the truth. I don't care anymore. And neither should you. If you look around at what's happening in our country today, you see America burning. These people, these far-left radicals are burning down America each and every week, simply because they are upset. They're upset. So now they think that they can just go loot, they can go destroy, they can go set things on fire because they are upset. Guys, I, I'm sorry. I got upset plenty of times when I was two or three years old. I never burned anything to the ground. I've never looted, i never rioted, i never had this type of tantrum because that is exactly what it is. If this is tolerable for the left to do, to do all this looting, to do all this burning, do all this rioting, it is certainly tolerable for you to post that you're voting for Donald Trump. It's perfectly tolerable for you to wear a MAGA hat. It's perfectly tolerable for you to wear a Trump 2020 shirt. And you should wear the hell out of that shirt. You should wear the hell out of that hat. You should be unapologetic about the way that you do it because they are certainly apologetic about the way that they feel. But more importantly, I think, put your money where your mouth is. You put your vote where your mouth is. Guys, in just a few days, we'll be casting a very, very important vote that will decide the direction this country goes. Will we be a nation of open borders and lawlessness? A nation where things like post-birth abortion is the new norm? Or will we be a nation of law and order? A nation of opportunity? A nation where the American dream is still real and attainable for all? And where we recognize that where you begin in this country is not where you have to end. We'll be a nation where you are punished for being successful under things like Biden's crazy tax laws. or We'll be a nation that encourages innovation. You have the opportunity to help decide, to help influence what that choice will be. And you shouldn't pass up that choice. Go vote. Go vote. If that's the last thing you do, go vote. Mail it in. Go vote in person. Do what you have to do. Because, guys, this election is probably the most important we'll see in our lifetime. And I know that's cliche. I know a lot of people say it every single election year. I'm kind of tired of hearing it but guys, it is true. We've seen the contrast between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. We've seen the contrast between the types of people that back them, the type of people that support them. You need to ask yourself today what type of America you want to live in. A country where people getting punched in the face because they're conservative is the new norm? Or a country where we can actually sit across from one another and talk about why we disagree and just work towards a better country? It's your choice to make. Thank you for listening, guys. Join me every single Thursday right here on the iHeartRadio app or Apple Podcasts or well, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll all be delivering the same hard-hitting truth every single week. This is CJ Pearson uncensored, unfiltered, unvarnished, and well, nothing but truth. CJ Pearson uncensored part of the Gingrich 360 Network.